Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But you see that Kadri signaled the crowd last night. He did his talking on the ice. I know a lot of people don't like him. It's his style of play people don't like more than anything as far as hockey fans. But as far as his race goes, I'm just a Kadri fan. For all of how he's handled this, he did his talking on the ice. He said, I've been dealing with this for years. He just kind of dismissed it. No different than Ethan Bear and stuff he's gone through. And I'm just proud of Nazem Kadri. Answered the bell last night. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Well, welcome inside, everybody. Hour two of the RP Show. We're coming at you, as always, from Affinity Place in Estevan, Saskatchewan. It's day seven of the Centennial Cup. National Junior A Hockey Championship presented by Tim Hortons. Our coverage brought to you in part by Power Dodge Estevan, Wanda Heron Photography in the city of Estevan. And we've got a wonderful hour, too, like a really great hour, too, coming up for you for a variety of reasons. The Moose is back. You having a good day, Moose? Having a great day. Yeah, you're on the phone there doing business? Yeah, it was awesome. I discovered a hot tub here in the facility. Uh, I was roaming, talking on the phone this morning. I'm like, don't. There's a hot tub over here, and it actually looks clean. How about that? I'll show you after. Yeah, Yeah, 25 bucks for the rest of the week, they said. Okay. And you're in. Things are looking up. It's the last day of the round, Robin. The bad news is the Estevan Bruins have been eliminated eliminated from contention, but they will play tonight against the Brooks Bandits. And there's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. The CFL isn't hanging by a thread. It's always hanging by a thread. That's another topic today. We sit with bated breath and await the results of this latest ratification vote by CFL players, whether they're going to play or not. And we're just having a lot of fun talking about all of this stuff here on your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And the Blue Jays won last night in St. Louis last night, 8-1. So that's got people in a better mood. Coming up this hour, Grant Jennings. Now, I know you young grasshoppers don't know who he is. That's not a Grant problem. That's a you problem. You good? Yeah. But I remember him. Grant Jennings played in the National Hockey League from 1987 to 1996 with the Washington Capitals, Hartford Whalers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Buffalo Sabres, and he played his junior hockey with the Humboldt Broncos and the Saskatoon Blades. And as I was told that he's going to be here today, and I believe he's coming up in the second segment, he hails from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan, home of Trent Yanni. Home of Craig Adam, home of Glenn Gullitson, where the original Hudson Bay Rules was born. <laughs> That's where it started. <laughs> Hudson Bay Rules yeah. came from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan, the moose capital of the world. So I'm actually really excited to have Grant Jennings here in hour two. Um, I finally got around to tweeting the poll moose. Okay. And I thank John in Edmonton for the idea. An Oilers fan who showed up to troll here today with the Oilers winning last night over the Flames and we really mind-screwed him. We, did, we brought him in onto the team. That's right. I don't think he was prepared for that. He said, which, team, which team's bandwagon will Rod get on next? And that's the poll question for Capital Auto Mall. The options, Moose, are the Edmonton Oilers, Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, 
or the Brooks Bandits? Because I fell hard for the Alberta Junior A League reps this morning when they were practicing with tunes blaring, hip-hop tunes and dance tunes during their practice. They're a Swiss watch, man. They weren't even listening to their coach. Did you know that? They didn't need to. Yeah. Because they were doing their drills seamlessly, but dancing at the same time. Isn't that cool? A lot of pressure on the Brooks Bandits, apparently. They're feeling pretty good. Like, they're the best team here. Yeah, and they're so good. Um, I don't know what it is about that group because they just, uh, they've walked in here and, and showed that they might be just the class of the country. And yeah, they're a fun team. Fun team. They're to fun follow. to watch. Yeah. yeah. So they watch. play Esteban tonight, unfortunately, in a meaningless game. And it is meaningless. Um, we'll see if the Esteban Bruins go out with pride. Uh, so you know, I voted for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. I'm already on it. I already know the answer to what bandwagon <laughs> I'm getting on. I wanted to see what you people would say. And I'm still sitting there trying to figure out when I go back to Florida next week if I'm going to go over to Tampa or not. I, I'm clearly more concerned about what's going on here at the Centennial Cup in Estevan. Yeah, you got some time. Um, Ryan Dolman watching on YouTube says, Brooks have been dominant all year. Watched them this season and saw their AJHL clinching final over Spruce Grove. They could win any type of game you want. You were in the barn when they won. Weren't you there? Yes. That night? Yeah. That had to be pretty cool. Uh, really cool. They got a very nice facility too. Not dissimilar to this. Not Obviously not as new, but very cool vibe. It was packed. The atmosphere was good. The crowd was good. They traveled pretty well. We've seen lots of Brooks fans yeah. here today. And, and you look up at the rafters in Brooks, Alberta at the rink, and it's just banner after banner after banner after banner all in the last decade they've won like every year it feels like so the program is pointed in the right direction in brooks we're going to talk more nhl hockey next segment when grant jennings joins us but i would be remiss if i didn't talk about here in hour two for those that just tuned in on game plus tv youtube live or maybe you're just catching the podcast for the first time and you're listening after the fact but last night the edmonton orders stunned the calgary flames 5-3 i Everybody was stunned except Oilers fans and the Oilers themselves. And the Oilers are now up three games to one, and they can end it in Calgary on Thursday. And the New York Rangers beat Carolina 4-1. That series is tied 2-2, and we've been talking about it all week. The Rangers should be, should be up in the series, actually, 3-1, because they blew game one. So there's just one game tonight, if, as I look at the schedule. It's the St. Louis Blues at the Colorado Avalanche. Avs can lock it up the series with a win tonight and I might as well mention the dub games tonight Winnipeg Ice at the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Kamloops Blazers at the Seattle Thunderbirds and the West Final Oil Kings and Blazers lead two games to one you said something before we went to air I think it was before we went to air you said the NHL's figured out figured it out playing every night yeah explain they have you know in, in years past we would see and, and a lot of it has to do with building availability I get that but we would see complete nights off in the NHL throughout the playoffs and Everybody hated it. Well, now they've got games every night, no matter what. And you used to see in series, you'd play two games, then you'd get, get two days off in between, you know, when you swing to the other location, and then you'd play again. Now it's every second night, no matter what. The only time we saw it was the building availability. I think it was in Tampa, and then they played two games back-to-back, -back, but every night. And I think it's going to roll through the conference finals. One conference, one night, one the next. So you'll have hockey every single night, which we is We need cool. it. We it's need awesome. it. But I will say here at the Centennial Cup, sitting with hockey people, and you have to understand hockey people can watch 
a cartoon game, the raccoons, and enjoy it. Yeah. The uh, Joe Blow, John Q. Public can't, but the people we were with here yesterday, I mean, we got a bang out of that Dauphin Flon game. I know it's not for the average person, but if you're a hockey person, this is where you want to be. It's just as good as watching the NHL. That's why we're having so much fun. Um, people are checking in with their comments on where, and, if, and thank you for answering the bell on that. Jeff Cabillas on Win- in Winnipeg says, I think the Flames will win at home, and then the Orders will finish it in game six. From Andrew from Quebec. He looks, says, looks like Martin Saint-Louis will be signed to an extension. GM Kent Hughes says it should be done as soon as next week. Thank you for the update from Montreal. And I know history will say this about the Dominic Ducharme era. Did that actually happen or was that a dream? I know. When they fired Claude Julien and this guy comes in and takes him to the Stanley Cup final and then he gets fired the next year. Did that actually happen? It did. It's weird. Yeah, like you blink and you miss it. It's over. Like, he brought the magic. I mean, he turned that team around, took them on the run, and then never really got a chance to build it no. again. You know, they were there way ahead of schedule, obviously. He, he got everything out of that group. And you should never have expected them to be anywhere near a Stanley Cup team the next year. But he should have been. I would have hoped he would have had an opportunity to help build that program up. But I think... We all seem to be fans of Martin St. Louis yeah. on the bench, too. So it's not like we don't like the hey, guy. Hey, far be it for me to tell people how to do their business. If the Montreal Canadiens felt that Dominic Ducharme had to go, he had to go. The fans weren't really arguing it when they fired him, no. were they? But, I mean, oh, you lose Carey Price. And you lose Shea Weber. <laughs> Your heart and soul. Dominic Ducharme. And the best goalie in the league, probably. He goes home that night and is like, honey, I'm probably getting fired. Because we're not going to win many games this year. Like, and he was right. He when was you know, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I was on Global National. I talked about it last hour. I'll do it again now for the sake of the CFL people that are watching. Uh, sorry, the CFL fans. Uh, the crux of it was this. I thought I was just going on Global Toronto, which is a big enough platform and stage for sure. But this was national because all of a sudden my phone's going off apparently a lot of people watch global yeah did you know that yeah so it was all across canada on global they it brought me on to talk about the cfl and do you know why because they knew that they were going to get the truth or at least nobody pulling my strings or somebody putting up me up to what i was going to had to say and we sit here the owners represented by the commissioner randy ambrosi have given their final offer to the players this is it and they have until midnight on thursday night to vote to accept it or reject it. But if they reject it, the owners are saying, we're kicking you out of the dorms where we are housing you for training camp, which is a bit of a threat. They're dangling a million-dollar bonus in front of them. If you guys vote yes, we're going to give you a million dollars. You can split it up amongst yourselves, union members, that is, which I don't think rookies count to that. I didn't know that you could buy votes. Like in real elections, (laughs) they do it, but they don't say they're doing it. Here they're actually... Telling you, if you vote in favor of this, we're going to give you $1 million. I know. They're literally saying that. that. I know. And it's out in the open. They're disguising it as uh, whatever, no. you know, revenue share. I don't know what they're, what they're calling it, right? And they're, taking they're calling some, it a ratification bonus. A ratification bonus. And they're, call, and they're taking some money off the cap. 
four hundred grand. Or we're whatever. just moving it. We're just moving numbers around, right? <laughs> I know how that goes. But at the end of the day, I can do some quick math. That's a six hundred thousand dollar win for the players if they if they vote yes. Meanwhile, they're sneaking in a bunch of stuff in, in bullet point eight, nine, and ten. No, I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it's down to the eleventh well, hour. So the the anchor. This is what I think the CFL forgets, and I've said it so many times on the show. The longtime viewers will know what I'm saying. The new viewers are hearing it for the first time. But the longer and longer and longer I get out of the CFL, having worked in it for 20 years, I see now the way the rest of society sees the CFL. I love the CFL. Society loves the CFL. But they're not necessarily following the minutiae, if I say that right, of what's going on on a day-to-day basis. They watch the games. So, again, Global, I was well primped and prepped for this interview and they say rod it's going to be four minutes long so keep your thoughts tight and i said i can do that i've been around the block a few times then we get into the interview it's like eight minutes long because the anchor anthony robart the national anchor who informs me that he's a saskatchewan boy he says i'm a cfl fan he just kept going on and on and on with his questions yeah. for instance he's like touchdown atlantic riders have never played in that is that gonna go and i'm like well yeah it's july 16th of course it's gonna go but it wasn't that he was in error in any way. That's the way people are thinking. Yeah. So they've been on strike once. They might do it again. My, they might not play a season. That's what they're thinking. Most people are, you know, where is this? Are they playing or not? Last we heard, they voted it down, so they must not be playing, right? And they are still at practice, but there is this other vote, and it's, all, it's very confusing for the average fan. They just want to know. confusing for us. Right. They want to know, are you playing, and when are you playing? That's it. I think it's confusing for the players. Yeah. Because, again, it's in my commentary today, which you can read at rodpeterson.com or listen to at Cat Country or uh, Rock 98.5. The older I get, the more I realize the players are young men. They're not business people. And the I've been working in the league since 1991 and i can't necessarily figure out what they're doing with the ratio okay so how you can expect a guy that's been here for three minutes to vote on this yeah do you know what i'm saying and then the money that it's not even about the money it's never been about the money for the players it's all about the money for the owners right yeah so again it's confusing it would be nice if they could figure it out and somehow simplify it when i was sitting there talking to an agent on the phone last night He's confused. But I kept it positive, and I think I've kept this portion of the show positive in terms of we love the CFL. Can you just get it going? And John Huffnagel and Wade Miller, representing Calgary and Winnipeg teams, are optimistic that the games will be played. There's supposed to be four games this weekend. Um, But I would be remiss if I didn't say, Darren, that the players could still pull the ultimate power play, and that is practice all week, and then say, nope, we're not playing games. I don't think they will, but they could. They could. They absolutely could. And we don't know where it's going to go because, you know, when you now it's about the money, million dollars here, 400 off the cap, and it's about changing the ratio again and figuring that stuff out. It's almost as a player like, okay, what? we got to go back to the beginning and start this again. Let's really read through all of this and that process. And, yeah, like they might. They might have to say, look, it, we're not going to play until this gets squared away. All right, Moose, I see that our next guest is here. He's the guy that's blocked out the sun. Yes, on the- I, n- I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. Of course. The uh, program is brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. 
hair products. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants. Traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits, we are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men. Available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com, and Amazon Canada. What do we got here? 12-year NHL veteran Grant Jennings joins us next, live from the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons. You're watching on Game Plus TV. We're live streaming on YouTube, of course. And if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. The Rod Peterson Show, live from Estevan, is presented in part by the award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The Rod Peterson Show. Brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan. You're looking live at beautiful Estevan, Saskatchewan. Our coverage this week is brought to you by Cavendish Farms, proud supporter of junior hockey across Canada. And it is uh, the final day of the round robin here, the National Junior A Championship, the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons. And uh, NHL playoff games tonight, there's just one, St. Louis to Colorado. We're going to talk NHL, WHL, Junior A with our next guest, Grant Jennings, who joins us, a man that I feel needs no introduction. We did read your bio off earlier before, Grant. Welcome to Estevan. How you doing? Thanks. Thanks. It was uh, a nice drive uh, through the prairies again from Regina and... Uh, it's been a while since I've been to Estevan, but, but uh, yeah, this is a nice facility for sure. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think the best in, in the country for Junior A. And for those that weren't mm-hmm. listening at the end of uh, the last segment, played for the Humble Broncos, Saskatoon Blades, and in the NHL from 1987 to 1996 with Washington, Hartford, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Buffalo. Now living in Alaska, and I go, we got a lot to go through here, but first, what brings you here other than the hockey? Uh, I guess for the hockey you came. Well, um, I... I have a house still in Saskatchewan, in northern Saskatchewan, just north of La Ronge at Otter Lake. And uh, and then my mother is in a home in around Balgoni, and my brother lives in Regina, so I fly in and out of Regina so I can visit family and uh, check and see if my house is still there. Well, it's good to have you home. And I should mention Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan, where they invented Hudson Bay rules. rules. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we lived there until uh, 1972. And uh, we used to, I remember when we moved to Melfort, we would go back and play against Hudson Bay. And I was playing Junior B, and we were playing against the Hudson Bay Hunters in Junior B in playoffs. And I was only 15, and that, uh, you know, that was a scary moment in my life. You know? That's a scary place, it can be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I survived it. And then I ended up that, you know, by the end of that year, I was going i ended up in notre dame instead so yeah it turned well, out how old were you when you sprouted to this size he's a giant by uh, the way uh, well i mean i was always you know tall like my dad was six five and my brother's six four uh, my sister's six foot i mean um so i kind of was always tall but you know i was kind of scrawny right even when i played for the blades i was only 175 pounds but uh you know i you know i played a little 
I guess I played bigger than I uh, was. My Always said that's why I asked. At 15, it would be intimidating, but I think you probably weren't out of place. But I said to Grant <laughs> before we got, came on, I said, "What do you want to talk about?" The first thing out of your mouth was Humboldt Broncos, and it's hard to be around a Junior A tournament. And you're going to see today there's jerseys here for Humboldt Broncos, uh, April 6, 2018. Yeah. Where were you? What, um, how did I, it affect you I as an was, alum? Uh, I was at work actually up uh, on the north slope of uh, where I worked for an oil company there in Alaska, and I remember, um, yeah, hearing the news and you know thinking right away, you know, we used to <clears throat> make that bus ride you know and my dad was uh, lived in or from Nippon so I know the area you know I know I, I know the I knew the the intersection and so yeah it it, uh, it hit home pretty well you know I mean it was very upsetting you know <clears throat> yeah I'm sorry yeah. still is to talk about it is for everybody and that's why I don't honestly bring it up a whole lot right you know but it I think it'll help you to be here and be around these folks and you're yeah. obviously looking I mean, forward to it yeah i mean uh, it's always nice to come back i mean i haven't seen like uh, my hometown's melford so they have you know the mustangs but i mean it's nice to get back and watch you know these kids play hockey and you know i put myself back in those shoes back in you know the early 80s and uh and uh, it brings back great memories you know in this facility i mean it's Pretty nice. It's the first time be you've been in it today. Yes, yes. Or is. you're going to have to get a tour. You probably haven't had time to get a tour. Not, yet. not yet. But I'm here uh, for a couple of days. So. Good. Yeah. Good. And I appreciate uh, Len Strandberg for lining this interview up today. I was very excited to have you in here. And I got to ask you, as an uh, as an alum of the Capitals, Whalers, Penguins, Leafs, and Sabers, mm -hmm. of the teams that are left in the Stanley Cup playoffs, is there one that you'd like to see win out of all of those? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Um. There's, there's some that I don't want to see win. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say who those are? Um, it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, of course, I, I'm really enjoying the, the, the Battle of Alberta there. I mean, I got some friends in Calgary and Edmonton, um, uh, you know, and the, I mean, the Rangers, they came back and beat my Penguins there. You know, they were down three games to one. So, I know, kind of, you know, cheering for them a little bit just because of that, you know, what they did there. And um, you know, but you know, it's 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 just good hockey to see. I mean, Hasn't it been fantastic? Yeah, it has been. I mean, you know, going to seven games and well, besides the uh, sweep there uh, with Florida. I mean, but um, but yeah, it's been good hockey. I mean, just entertaining. So, yeah. well, Alan Mays here, and you would have had some wars with Alan. Is Alan here? He's here. You're gonna be because I just I was in Washington there three weeks or a month ago and uh, and he was there. I, I, yeah, he was there. We did an alumni thing together, so I'm, well, I'm looking forward to. I've seeing been him. with him for three solid days. Oh, so awesome! He's awesome. Edmonton guy, yeah. Oilers, yeah. born and bred. Yeah. Like that's his team. And uh, well, he said this was <coughs> going to happen. What's mm -hmm. happening in this series? I'm like, Alan, who could have believed they would go up three one? Yeah. Like, what a series that's I mean, been. Yeah, I mean, it went from Calgary being the favorite there right off the hop there, and then all of a sudden, you know, Connor kind of decided that wasn't going to happen <laughs> and, you know, and turned the, uh, turned the tables there. So, yeah, it's been great to watch. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because I put – this was our poll question Monday. Is Connor McDavid the most dominant player the NHL's ever seen? And Al said, today, yes, all-time, no. He said Sidney Crosby. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you defend the, the greats. I have to think about that one. I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I should have, um, shouldn't have sprung it on you like that. But uh, oh, now, yeah, of course, um, it, that's 
pretty uh, obvious. But, you know, back when I played in the Stanley Cup Finals, I mean, you know, Mario took over, you know, when we played against uh, the, the Stars in the Finals. Um, you know, we kind of rode his back, kind of similar what you're seeing there in Edmonton. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, in the, they're in the quarterfinals. They're not in the finals yet. So, you know, that, yeah. that, that distinction will be made. It kind of depends on what your definition of dominant is, too. For instance, yeah. are you familiar with Derek Morris, defenseman, played a thousand games, uh, Flames, Coyotes? I said to him, who was the most dominant? Nobody ever brings up Mike Medano. And he says, for a guy, as a D-man, when he's coming down on you and turns it on. Yeah. Mike, well, Mike was uh, with the Stars when we won the Cup there the first year. And, uh, yeah, he was dominant. I mean, he actually separated my shoulder in the fifth game there. Little bugger, but I know, you know, I mean, he was, uh, yeah, he, you know, for, and especially American born, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. he was like, uh, you know, a kind of a freak of uh, nature there, mm -hmm. you know, being an American kid and, you know, dominating like he did, you know, and played in Prince Albert, you know, my, my, I got a son that's 15, he got drafted by PA this year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so he's left defenseman, big kid. So, just want to you know, mention that. that Sounds like you're going to be coming back here a lot more then. I, I might be, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's some teams in the SJHL looking at him, you know, and uh, he, just, he just turned 15 in February, so he's got a ways to go. He yet, hasn't made a decision yet on what he's going to do? No. We haven't. <laughs> right? But, right. But, uh, no, we haven't decided yet. Um, you know, he can go either way. I mean, we got a lot of ties to Saskatchewan, obviously, the family, you know, my grandparents, my brothers, you know, my parents. So there's that draw for us to come here, but then uh, there's, you know, the NCAA, of course. But, you know, he can play in the SHL, and my guy did, and they yep. scholarship if he wants. And we'll see what happens. He's got, you know, got a long ways to go before yeah. we make that decision. Nine-year NHL veteran and Stanley Cup champion Grant Jennings is with us. And, and pardon me as I do this. I said when they come out for warm-up, it's going to get loud in here. And uh, and that's fine. But I think I've got to put in the rest of my headphones here. I'm kind of used to that noise. You think I would be too. I just <laughs> put in the rest of my headphones here. But tell the viewers, if you don't mind, about Alaska and Anchorage and what, what took you up there and what's um, kept you up there. Well, um, when I retired... Oh, my dad was a, a bush pilot conservation officer in Saskatchewan for 25 years. So I, I, we had our own airplane back in, when I was in Hudson Bay. And then we moved to Melfort. And I uh, was still a conservation officer. So when I was done playing, I was in Pittsburgh. When I retired, I went. I, there was a school there where I used to fly. And uh, I decided that I would go to the uh, maintenance school and become a mechanic. And... Uh, I got my degree and, um, and I started fixing them and 9-11 happened and lost my job with U.S. Airways in Pittsburgh. Long story short, um, I ended up in Alaska. My sister lives in Whitehorse, so I wanted to be closer to her and I took a pretty good job up there. And, it, and uh, that was in 2002 and I worked my way up through the industry, kind of like I did in hockey and um, ended up with an oil company and a good job. And, and I worked two weeks on, two weeks off, so I, it kind of forced me, uh, you know, time to come back here. Outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> when did you make the decision that you were going to come to the Centennial Cup to watch some games? Well, I talked to, you know, Leonard Strandler, and he said that well, he knew I was going to be in Regina. And uh, he said, well, why don't you come out to the, 
the games and I said, yeah, how far is it? I remember. He said, two hours. And I said, okay. And then he mentioned, you know, you. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll be there. So I went to my nephew's baseball game last night in Regina. And, uh, I'm going to read some viewer comments here. It's getting louder than uh, it's ever been. Can you still hear me all right? Yeah, I can. You can? Okay. Uh, Ted is watching in Red Deer, Alberta. He says, I'll say it again. What a great location. And uh, it is. There's no doubt right here at the concourse level. Just a little loud. Oleg watching in Winnipeg says, I think Grant cheering for the Rangers is cheering for the Rangers. I think he got that wrong. You're not cheering for the Rangers, are you? Or are you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. Just, I got some friends in New York that I can get me tickets if they get to the point. That's why. <laughs> we all have our own reasons, right, of who we cheer for and why. Um, talk about winning the Stanley Cup. When you think about that run, was that 91? 91. 91? Then the second one, 92, back to back. Beating uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Correct. Yeah. Minnesota first, and then Chicago 92, yeah. What are the things that come to mind when you think about those runs? Um, just uh, how good we were. I mean, you know, uh, it was, and then the third year we, we didn't win, but we won the President's Trophy, but we, like, set a record for wins there. And just being on that team, I mean, it wasn't who we played tonight, it was who we beating tonight. I mean, it was just kind of an uncanny way to go to the rink i mean it was we were that good you know um and um you know winning the stanley cups was just you know like every kid's dream and then um, you know the parties afterwards and mario's place and, and parades and, and, the, and the, you know the crowds at the baseball stadiums and, and they, they you know when pittsburgh's a sports city when you win there they don't forget i mean i go back now and I'll go down to walk down to my seats and someone will start yelling my name, you know, Jennings, get out there, or whatever, right? You know, wow, they know you. They still remember, and it's amazing. You know? Badger Bob Johnson, right? Yeah. What made him so good as the head coach? Well, I mean, we could be just crapping the crap out there, you know, and he'd come in between periods, and we'd be thinking we're going to get yelled at, and he would say, hey, well, you know, he'd bring up something good and instead of, like, dwelling on the negative like you know a lot of coaches would be doing he just had an uncanny way of getting it out of you too you know like he would look me after the game he'd say come on rat you know ride the bike you know you know get a little better better shape and i'm like nah you know he go come on i'll ride it with you know so he would ride the bike with me you know for 70 get, years <laughs> yeah just to get me to ride it you know? yeah so he was just a great guy, you know, he's just the nicest guy, he's the nicest coach I ever had. Was he ahead of his time in that way, do you think? I think so, the way, you know, you, the way they treat players now, you know, they, 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 there's not much old school, you know, um, in coaching, I mean, you know, to, to, to a certain extent, but, yeah, he, he was, just, he saw that, you know, he came from college, you know, in Calgary, and then, you know, it just was, yeah, it was just a different style, for sure. Yeah. Grant, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the hockey. It was a great visit, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for your kid. Yeah. When do you think you'll be making a decision on what, where he's even wow. playing next year? We're going to play in Alaska this year. So okay. he plays, like, uh, first-year midget, like 16U, and then he plays for a high school team there also. So he played on two teams, and then... 
Well, uh, we might go. We might come to camp in Prince Albert in the fall. Why not, eh? Oh, as a 15-year-old, it'll that'd be a good experience for him. Kind of, kind of make, make his head a little smaller. You know, kind of. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, congratulations on that so far. Yeah. And now I'll be watching yeah. to see where yeah, Sorry about my voice. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Absolutely great. Welcome home. Yeah, Enjoy right. the hockey. All right, thanks for having me. Stanley Cup champion Grant Jennings joining us here at Affinity Place in Estevan. Before we break, I'm going to do a sports update, tell you what's going on. The Colorado Avalanche can close out their NHL playoff series with the St. Louis Blues on home ice tonight. The Avs grabbed a 3-1 series lead on Monday with a 6-3 win in St. Louis. Nazem Kadri scored a hat-trick for Colorado. Boston's in Miami for Game 5 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals tonight. The top-seeded Heat and second-seeded Celtics are knotted up at two games each. Miami guards Tyler Hurrell, who sat out Game 4 with a groin injury, and Kyle Lowry, who's nursing a sore hamstring, are both listed as questionable for tonight's contest. The Canadian Elite Basketball League tips off their fourth season tonight in three venues. In Hamilton, the Honey Badgers are home to the Montreal Alliance. In Ottawa, the Blackjacks welcome the Fraser Valley Bandits. And in Saskatchewan, the Rattlers are home to the Niagara River Lions. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. The sports updates brought to you by Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday on Regina's Dudney Strip. Also for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. We're going to talk Battle of Alberta with Ryan Leslie of Sportsnet Flames. When we come back, we're at the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons. Our coverage brought to you by Power Dodge, Esteban, and Cavendish Farms. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Rod Peterson, back in Canada. He must be lost. On location, brought to you by the city of Estevan. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You're looking live at beautiful Affinity Place in Estevan, Saskatchewan, the finest Junior A barn in the country, and day seven of the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons, ready to roll at Noon Mountain. It's Summerside PEI up against the Ottawa Junior Senators, the first of a Wednesday triple header here. Well, you were all watching last night, I know I was. Uh, game four, the Battle of Alberta. The Edmonton Oilers upending the Calgary Flames 5-3. And now the Flames go home facing elimination in game five. Ryan Leslie on that crew, CBC, Hockey Night in Canada, and Sportsnet. He joins us to talk about it today. And i got to tell you, Ryan, nobody saw this coming. Uh, what was your take on game four last night and the fact the Flames couldn't pull it off despite battling back to tie it the way they did? Yeah, probably, Rod, their best game of the series. And maybe, uh, I don't know if it was their best game of the playoffs, but certainly with the series. And uh, it was one where they played really well within themselves. They held Connor McDavid in check, which is saying something, and he still had a couple of points. Um, can you hear me okay? You got me there? Yep. Okay, beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted... You know, I, I, I just looked at that game last night. And I thought that's how you're going to have to play. They threw everything at them. They kept Connor in check, and they still didn't win. 
Um, I think really, Rod, uh, we are witnessing greatness, aren't we? We are, if we're just forgetting about allegiances and, uh, you know, for forgetting about whatever team you root for or whatever team you kind of individual you cheer for, you have to pause and just say what Connor McDavid is doing is otherworldly. And it is impressive. And the Calgary Flames are a very good hockey team that had a very good regular season. I don't know if it'll be enough. Um, they played really well. They still didn't get the win. They come home trailing 3-1. And I'm not sure where you'd look for answers now. You know, um, I think it's a great question. It's what everybody's talking about is how will the Flames come out? What do we expect from them in Game 5? Uh, they said they're excited to get back home friendly confines you've been following this team not only this year but four years you know those guys personally what do you expect from them in an elimination game well i think there's going to be another great push i think the building will be electric i think that uh they're going to throw everything they have at them that sounds cliche but i think it's accurate rod like this is a team that can dial it up they can play defensive or they can play offensive or they can play physical i guess my question still comes back to Will it be enough? And do they have, you know, Chris Tanev is beat up. Uh, Jacob Markstrom needs to steal you a game. Uh, the top guys have to be your top guys. You have to stay out of the box. You want to play five on five. Can you win that five on five battle? There's a lot of questions that they'll have to answer tomorrow night in front of uh, their faithful. Um, do they want to go back to Edmonton and keep this thing alive? So that's the mental side of it. I'm really curious to see what we get tomorrow night because this is a huge hole, as everybody knows. Well, you know what, Ryan, is it's funny you bring up the mental side of it. I, I think that's obviously huge. Yeah. But what about X's and O's? You know the game. You know the game of hockey. And was this a bad matchup going in for the Flames? For instance, I'm watching the games down here with NHL people, and they're saying the Flames defensemen are big trees. They're not built to handle these orders forwards and their speed. Is that being talked about in your circles? Yeah, I, I don't know who would handle Connor McDavid the way he's playing right now. <laughs> the LA Kings did a fantastic job. Um, that that was a tight knit. Uh, rather, there weren't a, there wasn't a lot of room. There weren't a lot of you know. There was some offense in that series, but there was also some defense as well. So you know, Calgary's done that. They've had the explosive run and gun, the track meets. Um, they're they're, nobody's as fast as him. And then when you get guys like Dreisaitl and Kane and Hyman all chipping in offensively, and you've seen the best that Mike Smith can give you. Um, even though he's looked absolutely beatable, he has still come up with incredibly uh, big and timely saves. And uh, the 132-footer from Rasmus Anderson last night, it still didn't wreck the party for the Oilers. So you feel you've done a lot of things good, even though you don't feel you've played uh, you know, to the best of your abilities in this series, you just kind of get the sense, at least I do, is this Edmonton Oilers team taking another step in front of our eyes. Do you feel like, Ryan, there's anything Daryl Sutter can do, whether it be with a pep talk or X's and O's, or is it on the players at this point in time? Because he looked a little stunned at points in the game last night, too, and your network showed him pacing before the game. You know, he seemed very nervous. Why wouldn't you be? But is there anything Daryl Sutter can do to turn this around? Or is it on the players? I think it's both, Roddy. I really do. Those players have to be better. Uh, I think Daryl is still probably one of the best at 
at the matchup game or, you know, obviously he's going to have last change here, but the, the bench management, who's going? Although we did see a couple of curious moments in terms of who was on the ice late in the game last uh, last night, but but uh, if there's one thing uh, Daryl Sutter is brilliant at, in that there are many, but he is really, really good at that bench management. So, you know, I think that uh, he's going to need everybody. Everybody's going to be uh, have to be better, and I think he's got to you know get creative and get tricky and and f- what he does every night is kind of figure out who that hot hand is. He's he's fantastic at it. So we'll see. Uh, you know, X's and O's wise, I won't probably <laughs> offer any advice there, but I just think he is so good um, at figuring out what buttons to push, and he'll need to be just like the players have to be their best tomorrow. He too will have to be uh, the best. Oh. And you know, I, I think the no. big thing is is preaching about penalties and everything else. <laughs> Great point, but I'll just say this last one. Like Sutter Hockey, what they've been doing all year, yeah. hasn't really been that in this series in my mind. Like, Can they can they punish the orders physically? Or would that not... Like playing run and gun, I don't think is what you want to do against Edmonton. I'm with you. I, I thought we might see a little bit more black and blue and uh, take it to yeah. the alley um, or to the streets and just... And get them off the game. I'm not because they can't catch them. So again, I, I I'm no NHL strategist. I'm just a bit surprised that uh, that maybe we haven't seen a little bit more in the physical department. But you want to stay out of the box too. So you want to walk that line without crossing it. But they've been in the box without being that way. Maybe it's time to to take it to the alley. I don't know. Well, they were certainly far uh, too much spent in the penalty box in Game 4 for sure. The question will be, can they get back to the Calgary Flames that we know in Game 5? Well, you know what we'll be watching? I love seeing you every single time, Ryan. Keep up the great work, my man, and uh, thanks for the time today. Roddy, great to see you. Great to be with you. Sportsnet Flames and Hockey Night in Canada's Ryan Leslie, part of the GGN, the Good Guy Network. We'll be right back with... Taco Time Viewer Takeover will answer all of your questions on what's been a great day here at the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons. And you're watching on the Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. We're live streaming on YouTube, and we've got 24-hour sports radio streaming right now at rodpeterson.com. The Rod Peterson Show, brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. On location at the 2022 Centennial Cup. Brought to you by the city of Estevan. You're looking live at the Energy City Estevan Sask, moments away from the first game of the day. The Summerside PEI Capitals against the Ottawa Junior Senators. A true national tournament, the 10 best teams in Canada at the Junior A level here in Estevan. The first of a triple header hitting the ice. This is viewer takeover for Taco Time. We do it every day. Canadians love local. Go loco! Eat local. Taco Time uses fresh ingredients sourced in Canada. Our beef, chicken, cheddar cheese, sour cream, and Mexi fries are all made in Canada. Let's welcome to the program for the final segment, Darren Moose Dupont. How are you doing, Moose? Oh, thank you. There you go. 
Had it turned down because of the bedlam after yeah. Jennings left. And thank you, Jordan, for pointing that out. Uh, what is wrong with us? It's day seven of the tournament. We have yet to go to taco time, but we're doing it today. Okay. It's on Kensington Avenue, just so you know. All right, you found it. It's like 0.3 kilometers from here. We could walk it. We might walk. Yeah, okay. You've That's... walked more here than you've probably walked in a year anywhere. Am I right? No, not, but, but yeah, I've walked a lot here. Walked all the way down right to the coffee shop this morning. Walked to the rink. Um, it's fun. The weather's great. This is spring hockey. You love it. And our hotel is a 10-minute walk from the rink. Who would not love this? Yeah. Thank you so much to the city of Esteban for bringing us down here and our wonderful sponsors that have made it possible. Wanda Heron Photography, uh, City of Esteban, Power Dodge, Esteban, as we mentioned, and Cavendish Farms. A lot of people love Cavendish Farms, by the mm -hmm. way. Um, Brian Goldstrom's watching on Game Plus TV right now in Withrow, Alberta, and he points out about Grant Jennings. He says, from Wikipedia, he appeared in 54 Stanley Cup playoff games, scoring two goals and recording one assist. He is currently working for ConocoPhillips as an aircraft mechanic in Alaska. Whoa. No dummy. But no. you know what's one of the wonderful things about my, one of the most enjoyable things about my life right now is with, with you and Clark, and I tell these guys who's coming on the show, and you're just like, who? And then you meet them. Yeah. You know, he's signing autographs over here on the concourse. That guy just, NHL. Yeah. You, you see it all the time. It's, <laughs> it's It looks great. So cool. Looks good. You know he's been through a few wars, and uh, they're just good people. That's yeah. the biggest thing. When they're done, they come back to these events. They're good people. Good people. I'm going to say this again. The longtime Saskatchewan people will know what I'm talking about. The newbie viewers don't, but it reminds me very much of the Craven Country Jamboree, whereby, although it was only a Friday, Saturday, Sunday music festival, I would go in on the Monday. By Wednesday, I'd be flamed out, yeah. trying to mount a furious attack for the weekend and couldn't, and that's when everybody got to town. Here, guys like him are just getting here. Yeah. We didn't get here till Saturday. There were people that have been here since last week. So it is a marathon, not a sprint. I would tell everybody, pace yourself if you're coming down. But if you're coming down now, and although the Esteban Bruins are out of it, you're, you know, Darren, you're seeing that the Summerside fans are coming. The Flynn Flon fans are coming en masse. Dauphin, Manitoba has become the it team. Yeah. Hey? And you're going to see today with the preliminary round ending, you're going to see what? four teams go home, right? So yeah. hotels are going to open up and those six teams that are left, their fans are going to start to show up on mass for the weekend and it's really going to start to ramp up the intensity really quickly. Scott Matheson watching on YouTube says the city of Estevan is proud of our Bruins. They should hold their heads high and go out tonight and have some fun. No pressure. Yes, they're getting their rings, they're getting their banner. That's all true. Unfortunately, they played like that at the start of the tournament. You can't argue that. Jeff the Stamps fan says Cavendish fries and the air fryer are awesome. Yeah, go out and buy them. From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. She says, I wonder how many hot dogs Rod has ate this week. One, and it was at the Bruins Alumni Barbecue yeah. on Sunday. That's it. And just to tell you, well, we got some time here. Dan obviously just logged in. He said, how are the Dolphin Kings doing? They're the, they're the sexy, they're the it team right now. I think they, I really like them. I think that they can win this whole thing. They're playing today. 
against Sioux at 4 p.m. You can watch it at HockeyCanada.ca. But anyways, at the barbecue, it was Bruins alumni. There's people here from all over the continent. Darren and I are sitting together as we always do. And that guy leans across the table and he goes, are you guys former Bruins? And we're like, nope. What are you doing here? We're like, what are we doing what here? What do we say to that? Exactly. And then the matriarch of the family, uh, Melody Pearson, who owned the house where we were having the barbecue, she's like, Rod's a hockey guy, and we had him here, and I knew this is something that Rod would enjoy, and she ended up going into the Hall of Fame for her 40-plus years billeting the Esteban Bruins. So we, I said, we're here as uh, broadcasters. Yeah. And then it was all good, right? But it's, uh, it's, a, it's exactly what we hoped it would be, Darren. It's a reunion, it's a festival, and there's some hockey being played, too. And hockey, yeah, hockey people getting together in the spring, watching hockey, talking hockey, and just hanging out and having a great time. It's awesome. we still got some more left. Oh, so. but the best games are ahead. And the, the banquet. Games. And we Last minute of play. It. Last minute of play. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, no. It's good. Um, uh, Dan in Winnipeg wants to know what is the capacity here. Believe it or not, although it looks huge, it's only 2,200 for seating, uh, 500 standing, and 21 luxury suites for the nicest arena in Canada. Um... John in Edmonton says, do you think the CFL players have the right to be mad at the commissioner for saying if they vote no, he's gonna, they're not going to pay for food and housing? What a question to drop with 30 seconds left. Well, how do you feel about it? It's dirty negotiating tactics. Welcome to uh, put your big boy pants on. Big boy pants need to be on. I mean, it's negotiation. That's what you're going to get. You know, and uh, it's business. It's business. I wish we could get into it more tomorrow. Tomorrow we will. Thank you to Grant Jennings, Noogsy, Ryan Leslie, you, Moose, and our crew. We'll see you at noon Eastern tomorrow here on Game Plus. Let's make some noise!